We're your weather girls. And do we have some poorly written fiction for you. You better listen. Here's some stuff to look forward to this episode. <laughs> That's a bad word. Are we self-aware or what? Mark's like, I don't waste time. 7.07, I am single. And so much more. Stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome to episode four of It's Probably Raining Men. This episode. Chapters 9, 10, and 11. Ooh, let's get into it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Alright, so we open up with chapter 9. Tuesday, June 27th, 6pm. On the dot. On the dot. I will note that this is the first, this is the first, like, round hour I've seen. That is true. Surprised it's not 6.01. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be Jill? <laughs> <laughs> Happy 19th anniversary, yelled Jill as she burst through the door of Brooke's apartment. Brooke had been making food and buying presents for the past week and was so excited for the big day to finally come. At six o'clock sharp, Jill, Kieran, and Jenna burst through the door of Brooke's huge condo. (laughs) Jill burst through twice. Um, I just want to note that this anniversary they're talking about is the anniversary of when three of them met. But not the but not the fourth. The fourth is just there. I think it's Kieran. She's just, yeah, she's just there. She's along for the ride. She wants the presents, I guess. Hey, girlfriend, what's cooking? Asked Kieran in an unnaturally excited and loud voice. The three girls strolled through Brooke's extremely large kitchen and gave her a big hug. Brooke's rich, by the way, in case, in case that wasn't clear. She's been buying presents. For a week. She's an extremely large kitchen. They get to stroll through. That's that's a big action if I ever heard of it. <laughs> stroll. That's true. That's true. And don't forget about her shiny red porch, too. <laughs> Where should I put these? Asked Kieran, motioning to the girls' bags in their hands. That's a weird sentence if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Over there by the Christmas tree, answered Brooke. Even though it was the middle of June and Christmas wasn't near, Brooke still had a Christmas tree. Actually, it wasn't a pine tree at all, but a Japanese bonsai tree that was passed around from girl to girl each year. That's actually really cute. That's like, <laughs> first of all, completely plagiarized off of Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but cute nonetheless. <laughs> As little kids, Brooke, Jill, Kieran, and Jenna had always loved Christmas and never wanted it to end. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. Hive mind. Hive mind. Hive mind. Uh, I think that we forgot that Kieran met them later. I think that's what happened here. So let's just let's just forget that. Just pretend that they all met 19 years ago. I think that's what uh, past us had been thinking. They decided to make Christmas in June, the month that they had met a mini Christmas that would eventually become a celebration of their friendship. The tradition of giving presents to each other stayed the same as real Christmas, and so did the making of an elaborate meal, but everything wasn't so formal. There was no church to attend to, 
and no inviting random people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we had some feelings about church and random people. Christmas, a time to spend with all your loved ones and also random people. (laughs) (laughs) This year, the meal was at Brooke's house and she was making spanakopita, gingerbread, vegetable pot pie, carrot cupcakes, as well as pumpkin pie, sugar cookie, snickerdoodles, and tons of salads, breads, and soups. <laughs> Wait a second. For, for just the four of them? And it's just mostly desserts. And then we kind of were like, wait a second. Adults need to eat, like, proper food, right? And we just kind of threw in salads, breads, and soups. <laughs> all the salads, all the breads, and all the soups. I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. You don't need soups, plural. <laughs> Wow. I like the inclusion of spanakopita. Oh, yeah. That's a little flaky pastry with probably cheese. So good. But that's, like, the only, like, savory thing in our, in, in our like, first list. Mm-hmm. Before the salads, breads, and soups. <laughs> Brooke was a superb cook and wanted to own a restaurant in the near future. She sure had the money for it, but wasn't sure if that's what she wanted to end up doing in life. <laughs> okay. In case you forgot she was rich, <laughs> she may or may not start a restaurant that she is invested in for realsies. Grab a seat. I'm just going to finish this up, said Brooke, and motioned to the elegantly set table. The three girls finished putting their presents under the tree and sat down. It's a real tree. I don't know why we had to put that in quotations. Christmas tree in quotations, yes, but just tree? That tree has survived almost 20 years. Wow, when the Japanese guy said it would last long, I did not know he meant that long, said Jenna, and everyone giggled. Yeah, the Japanese guy. (laughs) Also, trees generally last more than 10 years. I mean, I'm not sure on on the lifespan of a bonsai, but... Generally trees. Okay, well, fine. Yeah. (laughs) Drinks? Asked Brooke. I'll take a ginger ale, said Kieran. Cola, please, said Jenna, and got up to help Brooke take the drinks out of the fridge. You, Jill? Jenna asked. Do you have any wine? Jill answered. I'm strictly no alcohol until I'm 25. For once, I agree with Jenna with the whole four years thing, replied Brooke. (laughs) Jill smirked and twirled her hair around her finger. Water, then, she replied. Don't have to be so bitchy about it, mumbled. (laughs) That's a bad word. (laughs) What a weird exchange. What? (laughs) Purportedly, these people are friends. But man... They're very not nice to each other. Also, who doesn't, what kind of rule is not drinking until you're 25? What kind of arbitrary <laughs> rule just make up for no reason at all? Nope. Uh, so, yes, Brooke mumbled to Jenna. Jenna elbowed her ribs, but giggled. Leave her alone. She just had a fight with her boyfriend. Hey, Jill, said Brooke, walking out of the kitchen with the drinks in her hand. 
Wait, what? She's carrying, she, she's carrying four drinks in her hand? She's got like massive fingers. She set the appropriate drinks in front of each girl and walked back to the kitchen. What's up with you and Mark? She asked innocently. Oh, that, Jill replied, taking an interest in her plate. He was being an ass, and I said something I should not have said. Whoa, we're throwing out these bad words left and right, huh? That's something you should not have. Like... Well, I was talking to Kieran, and she mentioned something about Mark. I said something about how stupid he was, and that he was just a placeholder for my real Romeo. That's when he walked through the door and heard me saying that. He was so heartbroken. I found him in his car, close to tears, said Jill, sounding close to tears herself. Wait, so Mark was being an ass, by which she meant he walked in the door at the wrong moment? How dare he? He has the audacity to walk through doors and listen with his ears like a normal... What an ass. Wait, but I thought that was true, began Brooke, but Jill cut her off. It was, but then I realized how much I really love him and how much I need him when he's not with me. Did you tell him that? asked Brooke sympathetically. Yes, but he said he could not be with me anymore, Jill said and began crying. I know it's silly crying, but I really do love him, she exclaimed. Jenna got up from the table and motioned for Jill to come to her. Jill got up from the table and followed Jenna to the bathroom. When they were in there, Jill washed her face and sat on the toilet cover, holding back tears. <laughs> Just so specific, why? Do you remember what you said to me after I dated that jerk, Austin? Remember after he left me for Jessica and left me brokenhearted, Jenna said, and how you said that if I really loved him, I would go back and fight for him? Jill nodded her head. Wow, this is some serious, plagiarized from rom-coms stuff right here. <laughs> uh, Jill nodded her head. And how I wanted to, but did not, because deep down, I knew I did not really love him at all, Jenna said and rubbed Jill's arm. Now, I'm telling you, do you really love him? If you do, go back and fight for him. If not, well, there are other fish in the sea, right? Jill nodded and wiped her nose on her arm. At that moment, Brooke knocked on the door of the bathroom. Can I come in? She asked. Jenna opened the door for her, and she and Kieran came in. Wait, so everyone, they're just partying in the bathroom. <laughs> okay. This really escalated, so they were going to do gifts, dinner, drinks. But instead, they teased Jill until she cried about Mark. And now they're in the bathroom. Drama. But you know what? It's fine. Brooke has an enormous bathroom. <laughs> Might as well just have just move the dining room in there and... The spanakopita won't get cold. No, exactly. <laughs> so Jenna, Jenna, Brooke, Kieran, and the other one, Jill, and Jill are in the bathroom at this point. Feeling all right? Kieran asked and hugged Jill tightly. 
as she was sitting on the toilet. Jill shrugged and got up off the toilet. (laughs) Okay. She walked up to the sink and rinsed her face, smudging the mascara around her eyes. We'll give you a moment, said Brooke, and walked out the door, followed by Kieran. So do you really love him or not? Asked Jenna and walked out the door herself. (laughs) That's also how I have conversations with my friends. I walk in when they're in the bathroom and I just spout random cliches at them and then I ask them a question and then I leave. That is also how I communicate with my friends. (laughs) Back in the dining room, the table was set with delicious smelling food. Jill walked in, makeup all fixed, and sat in her seat. I'm sorry, you guys. I have the best friends ever, she said. The three girls collectively rubbed her arm. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) They all rubbed the same arm (laughs) at the same time. Let's dig in, said Kieran, trying to lighten the dark mood fallen over her best friends. <laughs> yes, but first we say grace, said Brooke. The four held hands and Jenna began. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this wonderful vegetarian meal from Brooke's making that you have placed on this table. Thank you for the friends we have gathered here today who have stayed with us through thick and thin. God bless our 19th anniversary, she said. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The four girls said together. Why did I write this? <laughs> so, actually, I think I figured it out. So, this is religious. The face in the sky, not drinking until you're 25, grace at dinner. <laughs> So we secretly, accidentally wrote these people um, very religious, despite not being very religious ourselves. Exactly. Especially not this kind of religious. Definitely not. This ain't it. I mean, this ain't, this ain't even what the family's like. <laughs> yeah, oh no, not at all. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. This just seemed like a generic white people thing to do, though, you know? I feel like- At least solidified their, their status. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, yeah, I remember writing this, but yeah, it just, it just feels like a, like a generic people thing to do, you know? Mm-hmm. After second or third helpings of everything, the girls were full and helped Brooke put all the leftovers into Tupperware containers. As a Christmas tradition, the leftovers would all go to a food bank. That's pretty nice. But I don't know who wants their half-eaten food, though. I know. It's a nice thought, but, uh... <laughs> Not sure how that works out in practice. <laughs> the next tradition began where the other one ended. Brooke, Kieran, Jill, and Jenna gathered around the bonsai tree and sang the song they made up when they were seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, friendship tree. Oh, friendship tree. How lovely. The years you've gone by. <laughs> Oh, friendship tree. Oh, friendship tree. You will never die. (laughs) (laughs) It was true that you had to extend the last syllable to make it rhyme, but traditions never die, right? (laughs) Wow, that... Wow. After this... 
after singing the song a few times, <laughs> once faster, once slower, and once even backwards, they fell into a fit of laughter. Die, never will you. Tree friendship, oh. Tree friendship, oh. <laughs> My gone, you. Years, the lovely how. Tree friendship, oh. Tree friendship, oh. <laughs> Wow, beautiful. That's a beautiful <laughs> Traditions never die. <laughs> Why did he say that? Uh, maybe this 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 tradition should die. Maybe it should <laughs> be murdered. <laughs> so after singing the song a few times, they fell into a fit of laughter. Same. <laughs> when they finally calmed down, they settled down to open presents. Ooh, Brooke as the party host grabbed the first present. To Brooke, from Jill. The tag read in extra spirally writing. Wait, wait, you all have to open it at the same time, said Jill, happily, and handed everyone an identical pink package. Brooke ripped open the wrapping paper of a small package to find a jewelry case. When Brooke opened it, she found a small raindrop charm to remind us of the reigning men wish, in hopes that it will all come true one day, said Jill. The girls clipped the charm onto their overfull charm bracelets they got from their first anniversary. No, from their fist anniversary. <laughs> their fist anniversary. Paper, there's, uh, I don't know what the next one Silver is. and gold and fist. Fist. Knuckle sandwich, baby. <laughs> On each of their charm bracelets, there were exactly 19 charms now. They ranged from butterflies to cupcakes, varying on the girls' adventures the past year. The newest addition, the raindrop, was to remind them of something far grander than just a wish. Okay, that's actually so cute. Imagine having a charm bracelet with, like, your childhood friends. Adding things to it every year. That is really cute. That's, a that's cute really cute. Addition. And I like the touch of the, the raindrop. That's cute. That's cute. We should get charm bracelets. We should get <gasps> charm bracelets. Yes. <laughs> but with a little drop to remind us of something far grander than just a wish. A breakout novel. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the night, the girls were sprawled on Brooke's leather sofa. Leather sofa. I mean, she's rich, guy. <laughs> At the end of the night, the girls were sprawled on Brooke's leather sofa watching reruns of their favorite TV show, Friends. As the last episode of the night finished, Brooke flipped through the channels and found the movie Back to the Future. Fun fact, that's my favorite movie. This was in a time when channels were a thing. Yeah, that's true! You could just like randomly click the button until you just found a movie playing and then you would just watch it. Ads and all. Especially if it's Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Remember the first time we watched this? We were like nine. Good times, good times, said Kieran and chuckled to herself. I always had a crush on Michael J. Fox, you know that, said Brooke, and the four agreed. The four were wearing matching t-shirts, yes, even Jill, with the inscription Bestie Club on them. I, <laughs> gift from Kieran, and their bracelets. From Brooke, they got a magnet. Brackets. Girlfriends are better than therapy. <laughs> a BFF button and a 
$50 gift card to the store you by fashionista <laughs> the store was owned by brooks magazine company and had special clothing seen in their magazines and by their designers the four promised to go shopping the next week to the you store <laughs> this whole paragraph was a mess <laughs> wow interesting wow from Jenna, they got a mug saying, a best friend is a sister destiny forgot to give you. And a travel mug saying, good friends are like stars. You don't always see them, but you know they're always there. For their Christmas, it was traditional to get corny best friend stuff. So they would never forget how much they loved each other. That's sweet. But imagine how much like random kitschy junk they have in their house. Yeah. 19 years of this. It's like all of my mugs say something like, a best friend is a sister destiny for God to give you. <laughs> I'd be so embarrassed to like ever have to make coffee for someone because I'd have to give them this like corny mug. <laughs> it would be, it would be like not a style choice, but because you have so much of it, it is a choice. <laughs> not good. Uh-oh. Jenna, Jill, Kieran, and Brooke fell asleep watching Back to the Future on Brooke's sofa, each to find herself in a strange dream where men fall out of the sky. Mid-chapter break. <laughs> Get some water, take a walk. <laughs> in the middle of the night, Kieran woke up. It took her a minute to realize where she was, and when she finally did, she woke the others up. Come on, we have to go home. Work tomorrow, she said to her friends. They left Brooke sleeping, turned the TV off, and hopped into their cars. See you tomorrow, Jenna said as she drove off. Kieran got into Jill's car and went home themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so I thought this was a sleepover. Yeah. Didn't, what? Wait, so what oh. day is this? This is a Tuesday. Oh my goodness. What? Okay, that makes fine. What? Why? So this poor girl, Brooke spent all day cooking. And first she went to work, and then she just cooked. How? When did she have the time for this? And that's it. That's the chapter. <laughs> that's the chapter, yeah. They just go home. That's it. <laughs> Chapter 10, Wednesday, June 28th, 7.07 a.m. So this is the next day, the next morning. Amarit began Jill's phone, and before Gwen could finish singing the first line, let alone the first verse, Jill answered. Mark, she asked, hopefully. Calm down, Jill. It's me, Jenna. Imagine not having caller ID on your phone. What? Imagine answering the phone when you don't have a call. <laughs> Imagine not the phone, period. Ever. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Calm down, Jill. It's me, Jenna, said Jenna's voice over the phone. So, you decided to fight for him, eh? Mm-hmm, said Jill, munching on a handful of potato chips. At 7.07 .07 in the morning? Jill, you're a mess! <laughs> 
Wait, she just, no, she didn't just wake up. That's not, that's not the implication. She's been up, I think. And it's 7 a.m. What is happening here? First of all, ditch the chips. What chips? Asked Jill, trying to chew slowly. You can't fool me, girlfriend, said Jenna. Secondly, the girls and I are coming over, ready for guests. It's seven in the morning! When did they plan this? What? When have they been in contact between who knows what time last night and 7.07 a.m.? <laughs> they also all work. Oh my god, okay. Ready for guests? Jill looked around the room. Pillows were thrown everywhere. Empty cans scattered the floor. And the couch pillows were strewn across the floor. What was she doing? <laughs> However... The biggest mess in the room was Jill herself. Having cried through the night and woken up in a tangle of bed sheets on the floor of her bed, she was a complete disgrace to the fashion show she was supposed to go to. Jill had taken a sick day for her heart, as she put it, and wasn't going to the museum today. Uh, no, I'm not, uh, decent, she began. Still, we're coming, okay? We'll be over in ten. See ya! Jenna said and hung up the phone. Jill groaned and picked herself off the couch. She dragged herself to the bathroom and did her business on the toilet. <laughs> she then, oh no. She then, she then smelled her breath and found it very sour smelling. <laughs> After brushing her teeth and rinsed her mouth with mouthwash. She did not get a chance to dress or shower before her friends came, but did get a chance to check her face story <laughs> to find that Mark had changed his relationship status to single. Ooh. This caused another wave of tears. But at that moment, Brooke, Jenna, and Kieran walked in to save the day. Ooh, Mark's already on face story. <laughs> Mark's like, I don't waste time. 7.07, I am single. <laughs> the four girls brought Black Forest cherry cake and a DVD. It's 7 a.m. Wait, false, false. The three girls. <laughs> the three girls. We're not very good at counting, I think. No. I think we're just like basic logic. Not good at time, not good at numbers. No, no. Jill's door was unlocked. So they just walked into her apartment. Hey, girlfriend, cried Kieran as she placed the cake on the table. Why is she crying? Hey, Jill replied glumly. You are a mess. This isn't the Jill we know and love, exclaimed Brooke. Well, she's long gone if she doesn't get her boyfriend back, Jill replied. Are you serious? You're talking about the guy who had... 69 things on his hate list, Jenna said. Do you think we used uh, that by accident? Brow, brow, brow. <laughs> Question? Brow, I don't know. Brow. Has to be. Question mark. <laughs> yes, but that was before I knew I really loved him. I want him back, she wailed. Kieran came and rubbed her friend's back. Don't worry. We'll get him back. Come on. Jenna's going to call him to meet you later, okay? Kieran said. Jill nodded. But we have to get you something to wear, girl, said Brooke, and dragged her best friend to her room. Jill slouched 
her, I think it's supposed to say, Jill slouched on her queen-size bed while Brooke and picked her clothes out. <laughs> that was not. <laughs> not well done. Nah. In brackets, in case you were wondering, Jenna was calling Mark to set up a date for the two. They pulled out black sequined leggings, a beige long-sleeved sequined top, a quilted gold clutch, and golden high-heeled T-bar shoes. They then stripped Jill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So full sequin outfit. (laughs) And gold accessories. Yeah. That's the look. Yeah, it is. Oh my god. Phew, when was the last time you had a shower? Asked Jenna playfully and pushed Jill into the shower. Whoa. That is, wow. Wait. Wait. This could have gone a whole other way. (laughs) (laughs) After a short ten minutes in the shower, bracket, made short by Kieran screaming, you're wasting water, hurry up! Close bracket. The girls dressed Jill. They were about to send her back into the shower to wash her hair, but Jill was supposed to meet Mark at the Love Cafe in half an hour and was running late. Back to Mark. Mark also happens to be free at 7.37 (laughs) a.m. Fine. So what did you tell Mark? Kieran asked Jenna as Jill was getting dressed. I said that I was Gilly McFluff and that he just won in a charity raffle. I told him to meet me at Love Cafe near Central Park at 7.45. She replied, giggling to herself, how gullible. So this is really a test of just how stupid Mark is, I think. Mm -hmm. If he comes to Love Cafe looking for Gilly McFluff, Jill should dump him. (laughs) Agreed. If he's that dumb. He's that dumb. (sighs) When Jill got dressed, put her makeup on, and was ready to leave, Brooke stopped her. We got you a little gift, she said, and pulled out a box from her pocket that Jill hadn't noticed before. When she opened the little white jewelry box, Jill found the most beautiful silver necklace with heart locket. Brooke pried the little heart open to find a minuscule picture of her four friends in Central Park last spring. The beautiful locket almost caused another wave of tears, but Kieran stopped them. Eyes on the prize, she said. <coughs> in ten minutes, the four best friends arrived to Love Cafe, where they would meet Mark. Breath in, breath out. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe in. Breathe out. Remember the yoga class we took the other year, Jill? Jill told herself as she walked into the cafe. Mark pretended not to notice it when Jill walked into the cafe, but it was obvious that he looked up. Hey, can I sit here? Asked Jill. Okay, he replied. Look, I... The two began at the same time. You first, said Mark. Okay. Look, Mark, 
I did not mean those things I said. Sorry, I want you back. I can't live without you, she said. Wow, when did you learn to read minds? Asked Mark, jokily. So, what do you say? Jill asked Mark. Jill, I love you, but you go out and speak behind my back. I don't know if I can have my heart broken again, he answered. I'm sorry, Mark. I was feeling off that day, but I promise it will never happen again. Can I please get another chance? After a few minutes of silence, where Jill almost started crying, Mark answered. Yes, but just this once. This time, Jill cried tears of joy. Thank you so much, Mark, and I promise this will never happen again, she cried. The two hugged, and after a long, sloppy kiss, ugh, Jill ordered herself and Mark a latte. They sipped their coffees in silence. It wasn't a heavy, uncomfortable silence, but the kind a boyfriend and girlfriend have after a fight. Okay. <laughs> happy, comfortable, and definitely better than being alone. What did we know? <laughs> what does that even mean? It wasn't a heavy silence. It was the kind a boyfriend and girlfriend have after a fight. Yeah, you know those type of silences. You know? Yeah, obviously, right? <laughs> Brooke, Kieran, and Jenna peeked their heads through the door, seeing that Jill and Mark were back together, and they walked in. Mind if we join you guys? Asked Brooke. You're not going to the lingerie store? Asked Mark. Nope. Then, yeah, sure, he said, as Brooke, Kieran, and Jenna pulled up a chair to their table. Just one chair. <laughs> so, you guys good? Asked Kieran. Better than ever, replied Jill with a glint in her eye. Crazy. Okay. <laughs> that just sounded ominous. Very strange. <laughs> At eight o'clock, Kieran, Jenna, and Brooke went back home. Mark and Jill stayed, staring at each other, periodically talking, but having a great time together. Classic tell-don't-show. <laughs> at nine o'clock, the two left arm in arm. Mark drove Jill home afterwards, and in front of her apartment, he kissed her. Me too, Jill said. You what? I love you too, <laughs> she said, and kissed him back. They stayed in that position for 10 minutes. And when Mark pulled away, they hugged and Jill got out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes? That's a really, <laughs> really long kiss? <laughs> Ew. See you tomorrow, she said. Huh? A little late nine month anniversary. Oh la la at 6.30, okay? See you there, he said, and drove away. <laughs> okay, weird. <sighs> oh, we have to read this next chapter. We have to, please. please. Okay, we're back with the guys. Okay, okay, I'm here. Yes. Chapter 11, Tuesday, June 27th. 12.13 p.m. The day passed in a blur for all five guys. They were whisked off by the park lady, as they called her. She doesn't have a name. Okay. <laughs> and taken to three different police offices. 
Calls were made, and when they finally got to the small police station in their town, 10 extremely worried and angry adults were waiting. At home, each boy was subject to two hours of reprimanding and just plain being yelled at. The respective parents of each boy were all stressed and on edge. They could not imagine why the boys had run away. The guys could not very well tell their parents that they were dropped out of the sky, could they? In five separate houses, the same declaration was heard, no matter that they were all legally adults and could not be punished by their parents. Martin? Jack? Felipe? Justin? Chris? You are in so much trouble. You're grounded. <laughs> How old are you? Stop it. Oh, college age? <laughs> cool. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're supposed to be pairing them with our, like, 24-year-old female protagonists. So they can't be, like, 18, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Who knows? Who knows? Love knows no age gap. Oh, oh. <laughs> unless... Okay. <laughs> Not that it mattered, really, that they were grounded. They weren't very excited to venture out onto the streets again after facing Roger. Dun, dun, dun. A few days passed, and life was back to normal. Well, almost. Chris stood up and stretched. He had dreamt about her again. The girl. He could not remember her name or her face, but he could remember her soft laughter. He had been having dreams like this for a week. It was always about this mysterious girl, and he was always left feeling blissful when he woke. Uh-oh. It was frustrating that he could not remember one thing about her. Jack woke up, her voice still ringing in your head? Her <laughs> voice still ringing in his head, probably. He rubbed his head. He had a migraine. The pain was made worse by thinking and remembering, but he could not help but try to recall the girl's facial features. It was all in vain, though, because the pounding sensation got worse, effectively stopping him from remembering anything. It almost felt as if someone was trying to keep him from thinking about the voice, the smile, the girl. Ugh, he needed some coffee. Felipe woke up with a smile on his face. For a few moments, he held onto the happiness that the girl in his dream had brought, but his expression soured when he could not remember why he was so happy. He tried to remember, but his concentration was broken by his alarm went off. Bad sentence, okay. How strange. He distinctly remembered pressing off, not snooze. It did not matter. He had already forgotten all about his dream. His dream girl. Martin sat right up in his bed, although his eyes were still closed. He stood up on shape. He stood up on shaky legs and proceeded to walk to the door. He knocked something over and the thump woke him. He had been sleepwalking again. He felt as if he were being pulled to something, someone. It was probably the beautiful girl in his dreams. Wait, he could not really remember if she was beautiful. Who was she again? He officially woke up and got on with his usual morning routine. Justin woke up to words. Oh crap, he'd fallen asleep reading again. He blushed, wondering if the cheesy romantic novel was the reason for his strange dream. 
He had been unusually sappy for the past week, and it had led him to become addicted to reading horribly predictable, plotless books. Are we self-aware or what? Boom. (laughs) Breaking the fourth wall, huh? All he knew was that there was a girl plaguing his dreams every night and he needed to meet her. Intuitively, he knew she was his. No one else's. He knew she was the one for him, and it was disconcerting because she was just a dream. Or so he tried to convince himself. No matter how logically he presented the argument to himself, he could not shake the feeling that the girl, whoever she was, was real. Justin felt the need to discuss the odd occurrences with his new friends, but Felipe beat him to it. Later that day, Justin got a call from Felipe. Well, he did not know it was Felipe until he answered. The conversation went as such. Hey, is that you, Justin? Yes. Who are you? I'm hurt you don't recognize me. It's Felipe. Oh! We, yes, all five of us, are meeting up tomorrow at the cafe near the university. Um, cool. When? Wait, I am invited, right? (laughs) No, he's just bragging that that his friend group, his newfound friend group, is meeting without Justin. Very strange of you, Justin. Very strange. Ugh, duh. Anyways, see you tomorrow at noon? Sure, fine by me. Hey, before you hang up, how did you get my number? That is confidential information. No, seriously. Haha, I found your last name in a phone book, called your house, and asked your parents for your cell number. (laughs) Oh, okay. As if that's okay. So, tomorrow? Yep. Bye. Felipe, hung up. Okay. (gasps) So, we had a nice repetition of, uh, it was a throwback to chapter five or six where all the girls woke up and had the same exact morning but like the boys had like these like deep soliloquies (laughs) wet dreams basically basically yeah i'm pretty sure martin chris and jack each got a similar call and all agreed immediately they needed to share the weird dreams it was getting annoying obsessing over someone they did not know it was a scary realization but they all realized that if this girl wasn't real it would hurt a lot That was surprising, considering they only had, at best, vague memories of their dreams. Wait, we're talking as if there's just one girl that they're all dreaming about. Well, see, that is probably something that they would fear, right? That's You know, they're like, they're like, well, we all weirdly love this dream girl. What if she's real, but there's five of us? Dun, dun, dun. That would not be good. Well, let's see how they deal with that. The day flew by in a flurry of color and sound. What a sentence. And night came quickly. Each of the boys went to bed anticipating the dreams. As they slipped into dreamland, they each met with their girls. They talked, laughed, shared stories, and traded jokes for hours. Although it felt like only a few minutes later, they were being woken up to the sound of their respective alarm clocks beating at their brains with a sledgehammer in the most monotonously droning buzz ever to fall upon their ears. A fine way to start the morning, no? Wow, that's some colorful 
imagery there. Eating up their brains with a sledgehammer in the most monotonously droning buzz ever to fall upon their ears. Wow. I mean, poetic. Beautiful. Beautiful writing. So they still haven't met. Nope. But they appear to be having these, like, so whoever, like, the in the sky matchmaker is is planting dreams so that they know about each other but obviously the girls sort of seem like we haven't seen the girls in this interim period because it's been like a week for the boys so we don't know if they're still having dreams or maybe if they know more but also jill just got back with mark so who knows what's gonna happen there Drama. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I just want to know how they're going to meet. Like, And hopefully they do that soon, because I'm kind of getting sick of uh, one period of time from four or five different perspectives. <laughs> Agreed. There needs to be a better way to do this. Yep. Just, like, random stuff happening. The thing is, I think we were trying to, like, build character without actually knowing how you build character. <laughs> by which we thought that you had to just, like, go through their inner thoughts and, like, point out what makes them special. Just, like, um, stuff. Just write random stuff. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to make sense. Just No. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. Because then it's, like, one chapter is just the four girls' perspectives. And then the next chapter is just five guys' perspectives. Five guys' deep thoughts. Yeah. Also, they got grounded. They got grounded as adults. <laughs> they are grounded as adults. Oh, that's bonkers. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I think it could be relatively well explained if they could just say, like, I was going to a football game, blacked out, woke up in the forest. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it would be, like, the least likely thing to happen. Yeah. That being falling from the sky. So, I mean. That's true. What do they say, anyway? Do they say that they just ran away? <laughs> like I guess it's like they ran away but then they turned themselves into the park ranger and they all ran away together too and how did they run by foot <laughs> makes no sense makes no sense at all um but their parents seem to believe it their parents are as gullible as Mark thinks he just won the lottery <laughs> I like that we assume they all have two parents wow yeah that's true <laughs> oh my gosh okay so if i were to rewrite this oh my god um i would give the boys a little bit of a voice when their parents are reprimanding them i would have had them come up with a story um then i don't know that's like my first thing it just doesn't make any sense how Imagine if your parents were interrogating you and you just refused to give them an answer about how you got to the Finger Lakes National Forest. You just go like, oh, I, I just ran away. I just ran, I, just, I just ran away with these four other boys who you don't, you've never heard of before and who I'm not actually friends with, who call my house and ask for my cell phone number. Like, huh? Yeah, yeah. Surprising that the, what's his name, Justin's parents gave him the phone number, him being grounded, you know? Exactly. Ah, uh, the continuity. Not good. Very not good. Um, I feel like this could have been um, made a little more interesting if we had, like, picked maybe, like, a main character from each of the groups. You know, like, have, like, mainly follow them and, like, narrate their thoughts and whatnot. 
um, and then obviously like have like subplots with these other characters. Like, yeah, but maybe have them like talk, like sort of reveal what they're, you know, they realize that they're having the same dream in a conversation rather than like have, forcing the reader to like see it happen five times. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just like follow like one character as they go through the dreams or one of the girls as they like wake up and go to work. Um, yeah. Um, probably would kind of cut down on the monotony. Um, I agree. And the repetition. <laughs> oh, it's so much. Yeah. But the girls part, some of the girls part was cute. Like this last chapter was like, it was like pretty cute. Like it was pretty unnecessary and didn't really move the plot along very much at all and didn't reveal much about the characters really. Um, no. But I well, think it was cute. Because what we're waiting for, what the sort of, we started off introducing them. They all got these promotions, but then somehow we've been stuck on like the same 24 hour chunk, just like doing the 19th anniversary, breaking up with Mark, getting back together with Mark, going to Love Cafe with Erica. Like all of that happened in a very short window when I don't, I don't know why. It was really not necessary at all. Maybe it's just to do with our timestamps. Maybe if we had just like, just thought about them a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, could have like spaced that out and made it seem a little more natural. Um, like the whole friends coming over at 7 a.m. and then going on a date at 7.30 a.m. like just doesn't make any sense. Um, just if we had, yeah, if we had like thought about it a little better, it might It would been. definitely make more sense if Jill had taken the day off work and like spent the whole day crying and yeah. they came in the evening. But, but like it's still not like they could set up a date right then and there. It doesn't make any sense. And also, also Mark, dude. Mark doesn't comment on the... Uh, the fact that he won the lottery, like, he just, he doesn't care. No. <laughs> I got scammed. Uh, it would have been cute if he was, like, I, like, I knew it was you guys who called, and, like, I did win the lottery. That, that would have been cute. That would have been cute. Yeah. Like, what, you think I don't know Kieran's voice after all this time, you know? Man. So, maybe, like, not the worst chapters we've written, but I know for a fact that it just, it's just downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Actually, yeah, I was also pleasantly surprised by by these couple of chapters. Although, weirdly, the further we get, the less I remember. Even though you would expect, like, this is probably the, like, later stuff that we wrote. Oh, that's true. No, it's not in my head. Probably because I maybe, like, skimmed through the first few chapters at some point in the interim, but my goodness. Yeah, I definitely don't remember this part either. Um, but yeah, definitely not, not horrible could use with at least, like, a proofread. There was a lot of, like, spelling errors and, like, weird grammatical stuff happening. Yeah. Um, also, why do we say do not instead of don't every single time? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but Did we say, I do? But we say I do, like, a find and replace? But, like, yeah, so we ha we say do not, cannot, but we also say wanna and gonna. Um, mm-hmm. It's weird. It's a choice. <laughs> yeah. A weird one. I guess. Just like the choice not to drink until you're exactly 25. Like, what was that? I just, I just want to know what we were thinking. I really could not tell you. I don't know. Like, did we just, like, come up with that ourselves? Like, I, I can't remember if I, like, heard it somewhere else or was, like, vaguely aware that it was a thing. I don't know. I don't know. But we did sort of go on about it. I feel like in one of the first chapters, Jill was, like, drinking wine, and they were, like, wine? And then, like, again, in this, like, kind of second last chapter that we read. So we're, like, really, of all the things about the characters that we're, like, actually sticking to, like, that's one of them, I guess. 
Yeah. We like mentioned like little bits of like dark backstory in the last couple chapters and like whatever, maybe it's some interesting things that happened in the past and then just never brought up any of that ever again. But the fact that they don't drink until they're 25 um, is what we chose to stick to. It's, it's crazy. I think if I were to rewrite this, I would try to make it clear why these four girls are friends. Yeah, that's true. Because every conversation, every interaction they have seems to be one of them teasing another one. That one gets upset or something blows up. Or complete extreme opposite, very cheesy, we love each other, we've been friends for 19 years. I just don't, I, I don't see the chemistry. Yeah, honestly. Um, Except it, maybe when they're stripping each other. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is a crucial part of their friendship, I think. Um, yeah, there's constantly, like, friction between Brooke and Jill. Um, but yeah, I wish we had, like, explained that a little bit more. Like I Even Kieran. Kieran being like, get out of the shower, you're wasting water. It's like, I get it, you're eco-friendly, but, like... Relax. <laughs> Chill out for a little bit. That's not, yeah. Or, like, it needs to be clear that that like the other ones respect that she does that and then you know like maybe if it was like oh yeah like jill was like still so upset that like she spent longer than usual in the shower until kieran reminded her or whatever but here it's like they all just take like the longest showers ever but when kieran's there like she spoils the fun and she cancels cancels the shower after 10 minutes i don't know yeah that is that is very true so I need a little bit more like unification. That's true. But like not like not like a one of us, one of us kind of unification, <laughs> if that makes sense. There's a lot of that though. There is a there is we're not like they rubbed when they rubbed her one arm. Amazing. <laughs> oh. Yes. Also the cryptic conversation about like fight for him unless you know deep down that you don't really love him. It's not how friends talk to friends. <laughs> really is not. I think it was just, um, just we'd watched a lot of movies. Didn't really, like, you know, of course, but, like we were children. We didn't really know what, what adulthood was like, how adults speak to each other. Isn't it ironic that Jill, who is not the rich one, that's Brooke, has rich girl as her ringtone. Hashtag wannabe. Yeah, there's drama between her and Brooke. Right, I think we mentioned it before too, like, Jill just really wants what Brooke has. That's money. Wait, is Jill the one that steals stuff? No, it's Kieran. Oh my god, Kieran. I feel like it would make more sense for Jill to be the one that steals stuff. Yeah. It would go along with her character. But... We definitely have some, like, character solidification to do. Like, we should have really, like, honed in on what, what they were about. Yeah. But somehow we just managed to give them bad qualities. So, let's see, we left off on chapter, sorry, we finished chapter 11, is that right? Chapter 11. Good, so we, we revisited the boys, Mark and Jill broke up and got back together. Yeah. And hopefully we're going to start a new day soon, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. Man, I hope so, and I just really want them to meet, I feel like that's the whole point of this book. And it's not like, it's not like it's a surprise. We're not being coy about the fact that they're going to meet. Yeah. So it's like, just meet. Just meet. Stop postponing it. I don't care about your 19 anniversary thing. Just 
Sweet. But yeah, we'll see. Hopefully that happens in the next couple chapters. Me uh, too. Well, I guess uh, stay tuned. Hopefully they meet. Knowing us, they probably won't. Probably some like random bullshit's just gonna keep happening. Um, what do you? What do you? What do you think if we reach the end of this manuscript and they haven't met? <laughs> what are the chances of that happening? <laughs> um, that would be unfortunate. <laughs> the it would be it's raining men and that is all that happened it rained men it rained men and now there's a drought <laughs> basically is what <sighs> no they definitely do meet eventually I'm, I just don't know when I don't know when it's gonna happen maybe in the next chapter who knows I'm excited I'm excited so we'll save that for the next time stay tuned and yeah Thanks for listening.